0: let's leave the beginning let's give let's give the one listener which is is (laughs) me a peek a peek behind the curtain even though this is audio only how do we feel about that
1: and welcome back to another week of chill with phil it's december 23rd a very special week we have in store. As always, joined by co-host Mikey. How are you? How are you
2: doing the protest and such?
1: Yeah, yeah. How's the protest going? It's been a while since we checked in. It's been
2: good. I know that our guest is a fan of the protest. Yeah, so pretty. I think thrilling. it's important that it continues to go, which I think is kind of counterproductive to my whole stance on it. But we'll get we'll we'll get we'll get to the bottom of it.
1: Oh yeah! Wow, that's a deep one. Well, I'm glad to hear it's going well. Uh, We're very excited for our guest, who is actually a fan of the show, which is weird because we didn't know we had any. But um, as always, we jump straight into Mikey's favorite section, Phil's thoughts. And this week, uh, my thoughts have been pretty preoccupied by the uh, release of the movie Tenet for on-demand viewing. So I went to see it in theaters, actually, over the summer in an empty theater by myself, which I made sure of beforehand. And I'm a uh, Nolan stan, you know, diehard. But I found myself, you know, about 20 minutes into the movie realizing I couldn't understand a goddamn word they were saying. And I'm in the theater and I'm alone and I'm not eating popcorn. And so after the movie, I discovered that everyone felt that way. And then found an article this week as people watched it at home and discovered you need subtitles on. That Nolan had got a call after his movie Interstellar from Guillermo del Toro. Legit guy, telling him that the movie's inscrutable. And then Guillermo called him again after Bane and Dark Knight Rises, and told him he couldn't understand a word he said. And then I saw Nolan's response, which someone pulled from a book about directing, where he referred to it as I think a subchannel of audio that he's disappointed people aren't more open to. Which felt to me like something Kyrie Irving would say about basketball. Anyway. I think the main thing I've had on my mind is just, uh, it's kind of nice when people you admire are just idiots too sometimes. And Tenet was all right. It's my least favorite Nolan movie by a lot. And on to my favorite section of every week, Mikey's thoughts on Phil's thoughts.
2: Well, I haven't seen Tenet, so I can't speak to that. Um, I agree, I I as well am a Nolan stan, um, but I'll say just for the fact, that you compared nolan to kyrie i'll give it a zero out of ten
1: wow all right well that's pretty
2: aggressive by you kyrie had a game-winning shot in the nba final you dare step to him dude don't step to him like that i don't know who i'm stepping to you're stepping to nolan i don't like kyrie as a guy
1: okay but what about as a basketball player
2: we just lost him unfortunately we just lost him as our second listener but um <laughs> <laughs> Kyrie would listen. <laughs> <laughs> um as basketball player, he's yeah, he's he's a good best he's a good ball player. He's right.
1: a good ball player. All right, fair enough. Well, dude, uh before I forget, happy festivus Um it is festivus today. Pretty chill. Uh airing of grievances might come in part two of this podcast. We're trying to do a two-parter, pretty cool. And feats of strength will be uh well that's gonna be post-COVID. Uh, Post COVID, yeah. Um Anyway, we're really excited for our guest to introduce briefly um, before we let him dive in. And I think one of the funnier connections I have to our guest is somehow on my old Sony via laptop, which I recently went through, one of the only files I have is a short writing piece he did that I don't know how it ended up there. Like It must have been from high school, and I guess He's a friend of my brother and episode 11 guest, John's. So I guess John shared it with me, which is weird, because despite what people think, we don't often share literature as a family. <laughs> but it's a piece that actually stuck with me. And I think the theme was kind of around a guy who's had an alcoholic anonymous type meeting for people who lost their, their original screen name and how it's kind of part of their identity, which I think was pretty prescient of our guest because internet identities is a pretty hot topic these days. I don't know if you saw, Mikey, but Halsey has a separate NBA Twitter account. Which is yeah, I don't get that either. I j- I did see that. Pretty cool. But right, this idea that, like, different people. But anyway, I definitely cribbed from that story for a bunch of uh, gay lord writing assignments at Ramaz. That was our, that was our professor's name. Our doctor's name. Oh, yeah. That's, that's uh, good to point out. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're very accepting of everyone on this podcast. Um, but anyway... And I think we might talk a little about identity in the internet later in this podcast. Um, he's a fan of the show, which is weird. Longtime friend of the family, both uh, biological and podcast. Mikey, anything else to say about our guest?
2: Yes, I. So this the guest gets on me for saying that we've jumped the shark, but I think Poppy will agree with me. This episode is the jump the shark episode.
1: If there's gonna be a shark to be that's jumped, it it's this episode. But I just don't think that there's such a thing anymore in this age. Is that that an argument to be made? No. Okay, you haven't seen The Undoing, which is basically one sharp, shark jump. Anyway, without further ado, uh, we're we're pretty fired up to have our good friend and listener, Neil.
0: Wow. (laughs) It took a pandemic and a podcast to finally get the hang I've been waiting for all these years how you guys doing
1: doing decent we're doing pretty well uh mikey forgot where he lived in the uh pre-interview so that was a high point for my day
0: lucha are they feeding you i know you're
1: being held hostage (laughs) blink if they're feeding you
2: that's pretty much the only thing that they're doing
0: it's pretty rough well you hold the power because as a big fan of this podcast and as the only fan of this podcast i know that phil lays out his thoughts he pours them out, puts his heart on the table every week. And then we get to Mikey's thoughts on Phil's thoughts. And you, like a Roman ruler, just casually dismisses them with a zero or a one. And I'm going to now give you Neil's thoughts on Mikey's thoughts on Phil's thoughts. I give that a 1.5. Now, Phil, do you have any thoughts on my thoughts, on Mikey's thoughts, on your thoughts?
1: I've just been waiting for this day. I couldn't, I didn't feel like I could suggest it, because sometimes guests give thoughts on my thoughts, but I'm like, wait, why don't we comment on the guy who just like took my innermost feelings?
0: I mean, I love Luch, but are his thoughts the be all and end all? He's the only one with,
1: I, I, you know, it was a. I, I tried to establish some dynamic. Luch is calling a timeout. What do we got? I've given I've given
2: Phil a solid rating before. I've given you sixes. I've given you sevens. I think I've given you a nine when we were talking about concerts. Moment.
0: That's so not dismiss,
2: my, my scale is legit.
0: This don't was a very textured, these were very textured thoughts. You had Kyrie Irving, you had Christopher Nolan. I think I even smelled a hint of sage burning somewhere on this Zoom. <laughs> I mean, there was universal truths about great directors and majorly accomplished people being human like the rest of us. And without so much as a pause, you gave it a zero. I mean, you picked out one part of it.
2: Well, well, I specified that I couldn't speak to, to the other part of it because I didn't see the movie. Oh, you've never seen Interstellar? Oh, so now,
1: so now, I have, so but, so now, but
2: I, I, I understood what happened in Interstellar. I was
1: I was able to hear what yeah, they were I talking challenge about. challenged that, and not even for audio levels, but anyway.
0: <laughs> you understood Interstellar? Come on. Yeah. No one understood Love Interstellar.
1: Yeah, they, they
2: went back in time, and then the, 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 and the black holes and such.
0: You get it. Uh, Mikey's uh, thoughts on Phil's thoughts, is one of the better segments of the show it really because it just plays up the chemistry there's there's Kornheiser and Will Bond. you know I was just listening to Breen and Clyde and then in that category I'm not going to say better than those guys but you know neck and neck you got Phil and Mikey it's right you're right there you're yeah, right there you know I
1: think I think we're getting to positives of 2020 in a moment a little later, but I think one of mine that didn't quite make the cut was one of our other listeners who I think only listened once, but did say listening to this podcast made her smile because it sounded like she was, it felt like she was just hanging out with us. So yeah, we try to foster that and it doesn't help. It's when a good hang. It's, a, it's the- a good, listen,
0: I was, one of your previous guests, Mike got me, Got me into this. He was sort of my gateway drug. And then from there, it's just been a steady diet of CWP.
1: And we, we really do appreciate that. And, you know, it's hard to keep in touch with people these days. I can't imagine we'd have really another reason to uh, hang out during COVID. So, oh, it's pretty cool that a misguided prank ended up with this. But, and we're changing the format a little bit this week. So, hopefully, our other listeners, if they exist, can uh, handle it. But, you know, it's a year for change. But some you know, from what don't... I
0: understand, there's a lot of young tech executives, business executives <laughs> who listen to this show. Last I heard that number was skyrocketing.
1: It, it ebbs and flows. But yeah, <laughs> um, but some things don't change. And that is our opening question, which I'm pretty sure our guest is uh, prepared for, which is uh, in your life up to this point, Neil, uh, what do you consider your proudest moment?
0: We're shooting for second, obviously, because the CWP appearance takes that number one slot by far.
1: (laughs) Obviously. Let's go before today, I guess. Yeah.
0: I can't say this was definitively my proudest moment, Mm -hmm. but something I've done two out of the past three years, which I have been proud of, is riding in Bike for High. this two-day, 180-mile bike ride for charity which ends at a camp for kids with cancer and other disabilities. And 180 miles is a lot. So you got to train for it over the course of a number of months and you got to raise money for it. And that combination of training for something over a period of months, calling people to ask them to contribute and then eventually crossing the finish line. that was something I was definitely proud of. Cool to be just a small part of a really, really worthwhile organization.
1: That's awesome. Where does it start?
0: It starts, the route changes depending on the year, but when I did it, it starts in Princeton. You go up on a Tuesday night, you wake up really early Wednesday, you ride all day Wednesday, you sleep over, you ride all day Thursday, and then you, Thursday afternoon, there's like a rest stop, like a mile out from the camp. So you wait at the rest stop for everybody to arrive, and then all 550 riders, To the camp together, and the kids this was pre COVID, so the kids were there giving out medals and raised like 10 million bucks for this company that for this organization, which really helps kids and families struggling with cancer and other chronic illnesses. So, super cool thing! And they actually get some athletes to ride. So, Amani Toomer did it, Mike Richter did it, and in addition to being New York legends, super nice guys. So, that was exciting. Got to ride next to Mike Richter for a while. That's That's awesome.
1: And uh, and Mikey, just remind me when Neil asked you for a donation, you said he could go to hell because why? Uh, listen. I I, <laughs> I
2: know that you just texted me on the side saying it's crazy how hard Neil's tooting his own horn right
0: now. <laughs> <laughs> no, Wait, no what, I was, what I thought was sweet. you got there what first. I God was damn really it. sweet. I thought it was really nice of you guys to match total contributions for next year. <laughs> so two years ago, I raised, I think. 34,000 or something. So I just think it's nice that Chill with Phil is willing to match.
1: that ad um, And what's really nice is you guys to...
0: said you would do it through through 2036, because 36 being divisible by Chai, which I thought was a nice sweet symbolic touch. So thank you guys very, very much. Um, the kids really appreciate it. Yeah. Just don't mention it.
1: Yeah, like please don't. Yeah, um, all right, Mikey, what do we got?
2: All right, Neil. Uh, What's something you've learned about yourself during COVID that surprised you?
0: I'm way more social than I fully knew. I am one of those people who I'll go to the parties. I like being with people. But after a while, I'm like, I got to get back. I like my solitude. And God, I really miss people. And I realize how much of my life, be it exercise or spiritual life or even drinking. I've been drinking so little. All of it is social. It involves other people. So I'm much more social being than I knew before this all started.
2: I'm the same. I, I that's what I learned about myself as well. So I feel you.
1: Yeah, I'm just happy to hear the last part about drinking, because I'm drinking like ninety-five percent less. And it just so am I. It makes so many people are drinking more. And I'm like, guys, like, I know. I drink like so I can talk to people and like have fun. <laughs> like, drinking about myself is like uh. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I agree. Every so often, a glass of wine or some scotch, but it's a rarity these days.
1: I I couldn't agree more. Um, Well, all right. A really fun part of having Neil on is uh, he's got some experience in the old interview game. And, uh, you know, he's he's hung with some seasoned pros like Mikey and myself. But uh, past few years, he's been...
0: seasoned pro. You know, in one of the emails prior to this, I do believe Mikey referred to you as an amateur but not improving. Is, are we just translating that for air as seasoned pro across the board?
2: Yeah, it is pretty messed up that that's how you interpreted that. That that's how amateurish he is. He literally he couldn't even pick up on that.
0: I, I mean, just, can we get a fact check here? Do you guys not have fact checkers?
1: I just thought once you commit that much money to charitable causes, you get to call yourself a pro. But apparently, that's not one of the perks. You know what? I know this
0: is in a political oh. podcast, but oh, it seems like everyone's offering pardons today. We're gonna pardon you for that one, <laughs> Mikey. You down to pardon? Oh, pardon. Well, pardon.
1: i appreciate it um i think the uh the fans or fan would love to hear if you have a particular funny crazy surprising uh story you had with a guest on uh either of your previous experiences at uh regarded talk shows
0: an experience with a guest here's one this was at the show that i used to work at where we would have really, really accomplished people from all walks of life. Actors, politicians, scientists, fashion designers, economists, all walks of life. And one day we were having on Howard Schultz, CEO of Starbucks who had a new book on. And it wasn't a guest that I was researching or that I was producing. But we work in a small office and a friend of mine who was producing the segment was busy and the phone rang. We used to work in the Bloomberg building and we were on the seventh floor, but all the guests would come to the sixth floor. That was sort of the main area where guests would be dropped off. And then you would come scoop your guest up and bring the guest wherever they needed to go. For us, that was on the fifth floor where we taped. And so the phone rings saying Howard Schultz has arrived incredibly early, like probably like 3.30 for a five o'clock interview. And my friend is slammed, like finishing up his questions and his script for the actual show. So he goes, do you mind scooping up Howard Schultz? So I was like, yeah, I don't mind. Like I know nothing about him other than that he's the CEO of Starbucks, but sure, I'll pick him up and I'll bring him to the green room. Pick up Howard Schultz, we start talking and I'm like, so do you have, like, how old are your kids? Because he was asking me how old I was. And he said, oh, one's, one's about your age. He actually, I said, is he into sports? He's like, yeah, he played ball at Occidental College. And I'm like, that sounds pretty cool. And I start launching into the basketball talk because his son played ball at Occidental College and I think was writing for a sports website at the time. And so I'm like, you know, that sounds great. You know, I just when the Sonics were sold, I mean, I know you guys were, are from Seattle. Like when the Sonics were sold, I kept wondering what it must be like to be a Sonics fan. Like, I mean, I imagine your, your son's like, he's huge into basketball. Like you grow up with this team, you're rooting for them. You're a kid. So you're at your height of emotional attachment and, and then they just disappear, like wiped off the mat. Like, I mean, like they had Sean Kemp, Gary Payton, Detlef shrimp, like, These guys are Hall of Famers and they're just part of the institution of the NBA, which we adore. And to have them just disappear, I mean like, who sells the Sonics? (laughs) And we're going down the escalator and his publicist, like his press person gets really quiet and Howard Schultz starts smiling. And I'm like, I'm hitting it off. Clearly I chose the right angle (laughs) to develop some good old fashioned rapport with Mr. (laughs) CEO. So I'm, I'm just gonna keep mining this well for all it's worth. And so I go, I mean, come on, like, who sells the Sonics? And Howard Schultz turns to his guys, chuckling, we're going down this curved escalator, I'll never forget it. And he goes, this kid's, kid's a really big fan of the NBA, huh? And I was like, sure, I'm thinking, sure am. Like, I'm about to become like the next vice president of Starbucks International anyway, we go to the green room and we're talking. He's like, where'd you go to college? I said, Yeshiva University. Starts going into this long story about how he met this rabbi in Jerusalem. So we get away from NBA talk, but then conversation dies down and we start talking about his kid again. And I go right back to the Sonics. Well, and I go, I mean, (laughs) like it just must've been horrible. Like Sean Kemp, Gary Payton, Detlef Schrempf, like who could do it to the kids and to the fans, but not just to the kids and the fans, like to the whole city, like who sells the Sonics? And at this point, I remember he was wearing this like crisp white shirt with his monogram on the sleeve, had like an iPhone 11, even though the iPhone had just come out. <laughs> it's got like these fancy leather shoes and he slings one leg over the other, leans back in these recliner chairs. We had in the green room, and he goes, you know, my connection to the Sonics, right? And I'm like, no, what are you a big fan? He's like, I sold them. And I was like, oh my God, my face went ash white. And he goes, I owned them and I sold them. And I was mortified. I was like, I would just sabotage the interview. And then I look at his press guy and the guy gives me this look like, yeah, didn't you know? And I was like, oh my God, I I just made, this is like, this is horrible. And there's this silence that feels like it's 10 minutes i'm a deer in the headlights and he slaps me on the knee and he goes my son hates me for it to this day he takes out his iphone and he calls <laughs> up his son jordan and he goes jordy listen to this i'm here at charlie rose i no names i'm here at charlie i know we only use first names on this podcast i'm here at charlie and i'm going down the escalator with this nice kid who picked me up and dropped me off in the green room and he goes Who sells the Sonics? I mean, Sean, Kemp, Gary Payton, Deadlift, Shrimp. Who could do that? Not just to the fans, but to the kids and to a whole city. And then he goes, here, he wants to talk to you. And I get on the phone with Howard Schultz's kid. And he goes, I haven't forgiven my dad for it to this day. Talk to this kid. And Howard Schultz gives me his card and like asks for my email. And I'm living in Englewood at the time. And I get back to Englewood and I did not have a smartphone. And so I go on my computer, I check my Gmail. And there's an email from none other than Mr. Howard Schultz saying, great to meet you. I want to introduce you to my kids. And I end up going on a date with his daughter, which lovely night out, nothing came of it, but she told me two things. First, two really funny things. She said, when, she gets into an argument with her dad. Her dad wrote a book. His first book was called Pour Your Heart Into It. And when she's arguing with her dad and she wants to get under his skin, she goes, yeah, you know what? Pour your heart into it, Howard. Just pour your heart into it. But when she really wants to piss him off and they're really going at it, she goes, yeah, whatever, dad. Everyone knows America runs on Duncan. And that was my guest story. That was one of the more memorable ones from, you know, over the years. That's little absolutely Little Howard Schultz.
1: Incredible.
0: Good, That's great amazing. dude. amazing.
1: How have I never? Who heard sells,
0: that the who who, sells the Sonics.
1: Who sells the Sonics? And I who, like how his answer sounded like a modern day version of uh, "There will be blood." You know, instead of "I drink your milkshake," I own them.
0: Thank God, he was cool about it. Some other person could have been like, "Who is this? Putz, get me out of here!" I had nothing to do with it. All I knew was Starbucks. What the hell am I supposed to know? You own the Sonics. By the way, why did he sell the Sonics? It was a great franchise. Huge mm-hmm. mistake.
1: I well, think he's mistake. publicly said he regrets it, but it uh, doesn't really do much for the city of seattle
0: great guy though and took it totally in stride and had a great sense of humor about it and uh that was yeah that was a fun that was a
1: fun experience
0: with the guest could have gone could have gone the other way yeah uh, he was was a good guy
1: that's amazing by him and really thank god nothing but good thing he didn't actually run for you know office because then the story would have been totally off limits you know given our mandate yeah it's true Maybe we wouldn't mind if he did in the future with that kind well, of. Television. I think we should
2: we should get it out of the way. Count, count those ballots.
1: Yeah, yeah, count all of them. Okay.
2: Every single goddamn one. We
1: we're sticking to that January fifth uh, Georgia runoffs, right? I just want to make sure.
2: I think we're going. I think that's that goes along with the po- with the protest.
0: By okay. the way, can we? And I know we're not political on this podcast, and I throw myself in the we because there really is just three of us: <laughs> sound guy Dan, who sleeps at the wheel a lot because. You know, Mike usually sounds like he's broadcasting from under a pillow. And John, one of the previous guests, was I think sanding his deck when he was on. So the audio is the audio quality is non-existent for all intents and purposes. So there's really three of us. So I'm going to use the royal we here. There's yeah. the two hosts, and then there's then there's the one fan. But <laughs> if I do think the ballots should be recounted, but can we also recount the number of listeners of this podcast? Cause I think we might be in double digits and the numbers are off. I think there are I, bigger numbers than the world is aware of.
1: Oh, I was with you till the end. I completely agree the number's off, but in the other direction. There needs to be a recount. We've gotten like 20 listeners the past couple episodes, and I don't know in what world that's possible.
0: There were those ballots that were, which asked, do you listen or do you not? And <laughs> they had those dimple chads. It seemed like a yes, but it couldn't be processed fully. So I'm going to hereby suggest a recount, because I think Joe with Bill... The numbers are better than we know all
1: right you know what i like the optimism mikey let's fire up the paid marketing again okay we're gonna have to cut the donation a little bit but i think end of the day by the way oh, i thought God. it's a little
0: odd that you guys haven't dropped your sponsorship um from Pornhub. i mean after <laughs> the the recent news i just think of all the sponsors Pornhub, really i mean
2: they they, they let go of eight million videos that's big time stuff That's a company taking responsibility. You understand?
0: Oh, look who woke up from his protest.